Welcome to Friar's Court. Welcome to Friar's Little Farm Podcast. Don't take the law into your own hands. God, let it figure it out here. There's been a lot of news. A lot of news. A lot of, um, you know, we're going to get into it here in a minute. The, the judgments, uh, a lot of rule changes this year. So they're going to have more changes in the minor leagues. Um, just a lot going on in minor league baseball, which is nice because, you know, the, find the lockout's done. We're getting major league baseball in, into action. But we are a minor league podcast. Right. And there have been a couple of rulings and, and just recent news that hopefully is the tide is turning as far yeah. as the rights, the labor laws, the, the the treatment of minor leaguers, the pay, the housing, all this stuff. We're starting to see some positive change. A little bit of cracks in the antitrust. We'll see how. I mean, it's really David versus Goliath. But the small victories that we're going to talk about here in a second, I think, is significant. And it's just a small step, you know, the, the longest journey, which is better pay, better uh, treatment of minor league players, starts with one step. Absolutely. And it starts with this right here. Um, batting leadoff, judge rules minor league players are MLB employees throughout year and are owed damages by Evan Drellick. So a federal judge has ruled that minor league players are considered employees throughout the calendar year and that Major League Baseball is a joint employer giving victories to the plaintiffs in a class action lawsuit that's set to go to trial in June. So right there, up until now, well, and continuing, the status quo right now, players are only paid during the season, during the actual uh tournament what do they call it the the championship season yeah so they're not paid for spring training they're not paid for fall instructs they're not paid for these other voluntary really mandatory things exactly uh and then in the off season they're on their own to train and then during the season they're the the pay they're like salary employees uh they get paid a flat rate but then all the travel time all this other stuff all these long days that they're expected to work that's what this lawsuit was really about you know, it's funny, uh, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, when I drove from San Diego to L.A. for a convention, I was paid for that time. Uh-huh. It's drive time. Yep. I'm on the clock. I'm driving the company car. Yep. I am paid for that. Yes. Um, and oh, but, I was, you're, but you're in training. You're learning valuable life skills, whatever. So why aren't they paid? We just saw Major League Baseball come. They, they tried to argue that in court. Yeah. Was ridiculous. So moving on, yeah. So to continue with this, in this 180 or 181 page summary, judgment motion, Judge Joseph Sapiro, Sparrow, Sparrow. I like Sparrow. That. Judge Joseph Sparrow of the North District of Columbia, of California also found that the plaintiffs performed work during spring training in Arizona and Florida, and that travel time on team buses to away games during spring training and in California during the regular season is compensatable. Under law. The case, Senny versus Major League Baseball, is a lawsuit brought forth by minor league players in 2014 over player pay under various wage laws, including those in Florida and Arizona. The judge's finding uh, that MLB is a joint employer along with clubs exposes not only individual teams to the lawsuit, but the central office itself. Um, so I put a little summary in here. Craig Calcaterra has a newsletter that he calls great. the Cup of Coffee. Yeah. A great newsletter. He's a great follow. Craig Calcaterra, he kind of summarized it, um, that minor league players are, are employees. MLB is a joint employer of those players along with the individual clubs, and thus the central MLB office is on the hook for damages to not just teams. Uh, minor league players performed work, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
The damages to which the players are entitled is based on the fact that the teams did not keep proper wage records, meaning they never considered all that travel and training time work, so they didn't track hours. Under the law, MLB and the clubs are liable for $250 for the first violation and $1,000 for each additional violation of those requirements. Multiply that over how many players are in the class and how long the period covered, and you can see why $1.8 million is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just, uh, there it is, mm-hmm. slap on the wrist. Right. But it's 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 monumental yeah. to, to win this settlement and start to change some of the language, some of the approach of how Major League Baseball looks at minor league players. That Yeah, you don't just shame them. It's like when they went after Capone, they would try to get him for the crimes of the, you know, the, the bootlegging and the prostitution of all the like, you know, the violent crimes or, yeah. Um, they didn't think about the taxes till later, like, well, let's get him with the money. Mm-hmm. When it becomes money, then you start getting noticed. Then you start getting, then you start changing the narrative. Not only just shaming them, you should do better. Oh, well, you can protest all you want. Right. But when a judge makes that first step and awards damages, that sets precedent. Yes. And that's where the law starts. It really, I mean, mm-hmm. every case starts with the precedent. Is there a precedent? Oh, there is? Well, it's Sane versus MLB. Okay, there you go. There's where right. we start. Yeah, and there's a paper trail. Now, there's going to be a, a, a $1,000 an hour, a dozen, there's going to be an army of litigations through MLB, and they're just going to throw all their weight behind this next court case. But I think now that that narr- the, you know, the narrative is changing, the uh, mood is changing towards MLB, and you know I think some of these judges are going to see exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Sure, they're, um, you know, they're, it's not the major leagues, they're minor leagues. But they're seeing when it's just boiled down to labor law. Like, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm a salaried employee. I can work 50 hours a, a night or whatever. But if I do that constantly, they're definitely going to need some compensation for that. Right, right. But they can, but they've been able to strong arm this because yeah. there's no other industry for them to go apply their trade in. Right. You can't go work for an alternative league that's going to pay you. Yeah, I can go work somewhere else. Yes, Okay, so we've got new MILB rules to Which is announce fun. as well. This is fun. Okay, so Minor League Baseball announced rule changes for the minors in 2022. The pitch clock will be used at all full season levels. Pitchers will be limited to two pickoff attempts per plate appearance at all full season levels, and larger bases will be used at all full season levels. None of those are really a surprise. I don't love the pickoff thing, uh, but really it's... I don't see those things really making a, a significant impact on the game. The pitch clock, hopefully that's just going to keep pace of play moving along a little bit better. Same thing with the pitches that throw over five different times in mm-hmm. the majors, and they think that takes a long time. It's not the two minutes in between innings. It's not the the, the seven minute at bats because the guy's stepping out and putting his gear back together and just taking his time. Mm-hmm. It's the pitch clock. I have fun with that when they start throwing over four, five, six times. You know? Then everybody starts booing, booing. Well, they start booing now after the first <laughs> one over, but you remember it used to take a while. It took like two, three or four times, and all right, let's go. Let's keep going. Yep. Um, all infielders, so this is another one. All infielders must be in the dirt with two on either side of second base. That's in double A, high A, and A ball. I don't like that. Right. If, if I want to set my defense, I want to set nine guys in the infield. That's the way I want to play my game. That's the way it should be played. Right. They talk about Major League Baseball wants to quicken the game, but wants to ban the shift. They that want, doesn't make sense. They want more offense. They want more action. 
more offense takes time. Right. My game, I, I this just a whatever. We were beating this team twelve to one in the third inning, and it was like an hour and a half into the game. But just it took forever. Mm-hmm. Offense takes time. It does. So if you want quick innings, have Manny in right field. Have your guys on the you know that shouldn't matter. You shouldn't legislate how you play defense or even offense. No, the the rule book only dictates the location of two players, the pitcher and the catcher. Yeah. Everybody else can start wherever they want to start. Okay. Um, and then uh, next, the ADS. automatic ball strike system will be used to call balls and strikes in AAA West beginning May 17th and in low A Southeast. So I guess that's low A Southeast because they already have, it probably has something to do with what facilities have the right, right technology in place. Um, and we we picked up a, a couple episodes ago that there were some some hirings that they were hiring technicians to operate that in the in the AAA West right uh, leagues um, or, or ballparks. So that's going to be interesting to see how that how that works. Well, it's coming. I mean, the the automated strike zone is coming, and along with the CBA, mm-hmm. they are now going to be able to implement changes in the game. What used to be a year now forty five days. I don't think they're going to be. Mid-season, not going to go, okay, let's call balls, strikes, and strikes, balls, or whatever. But I think they can implement those rules um, quicker yeah, than I they used to. Yeah, I don't like the idea of changing the rules in the middle of a season. No. Um, you know, it's at the major league level. If it's in the minors, I get it because it's it's a developmental league. It's not right. a competitive league. But Major League Baseball, like, come on, you can't, you can't change, make significant changes to the rules in the middle of the season. No, you can't. And I don't think that's what... They're doing, but I think that that shortening that time from the year to forty five days, I think it is, is to give them the power. Right, we can, uh huh, and and we will throw that out there when we want. And believe it or not, like it or not, I really think the automated strike zone is coming to Major League Baseball. I mean, it's here in AAA. It's in it's they're getting people used to the idea. Right, and if it's successful in AAA, then it's just a matter of time. Yeah, you know, we could see it as soon as next year, I guess. Yeah, I can't wait till the umpire. You're like, <laughs> will it be the umpire? Or will it be the catcher? If it's a strike, it's it's green. If it's a ball, he'll have like a red. His mask will go red. <laughs> you know, like X, like an X and an O, like a green O, like from tic tac toe back in the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Paul, Paul. Okay, so now the last little bullet here on the list is an interesting one. So ball strike calls can be challenged in low A south southeast. So how does that work? Right. How do you and that's with the automated system. Yeah. So is the umpire calling it as he sees it and then they somebody challenges it and they see what the system said? Or is he calling what the system is telling them? And then if there's something that they don't I, I don't understand how that's supposed to work. And you get two changes. You get two challenges and if once again, if apparently if they decide that, yeah, I screwed that up, which will be weird. I don't know. They're going to have to do something about that. Yeah. How that's going to work. They it, didn't really explain it. I tried looking for the explanation of how that's going to be implemented. Uh-huh. And they were very vague. It was, it's very vague. It's just you get two challenges. And if you if you win your challenge, you get to do it again. Yeah. All right. Well, one thing that's cumbersome about what we were just talking about, we were talking about AAA West and low A Southeast yes! and all this. Throw all that stuff out the window. Back. We're back. Get together and do it again. Everything's back again. All now, the old league names are back. God, David J, bless your heart. They're going to be happy. David J just hated saying Midwest League North. No, it was no high A West. Right. 
Yeah, and complex so, league. When I was trying to find transactions, I I would never think okay, high A Central. I wouldn't search that. I would still search Midwest League, right. and it would bring up high A Central. Well, now it's called the Midwest League again. Yes, thank God. So it's going to be AAA East becomes the International League like it was. AAA West becomes the Pacific Coast League like it has been since the dawn of time. AA Central becomes Texas League. Texas League South, Eastern League. Uh, the Central becomes Midwest League. The South Atlantic Sally League is back, thank God. The Northwest League is back. So the Northwest League now is high A instead right. of it being, obviously, Short season rookie A-ball. ball. Yeah. But it's all back. Everything's back to where it used to be. And the California League. Is back to California League. Yeah. And most of these leagues brought back their old logos. Yeah. Uh, the the Pacific Coast League has a new logo, a nice, nice flashy logo. Tim Haggerty was sharing that the other day. Nice. Yeah. So it's nice to see all that... Uh, Back to uh, back to normal. It is. And it's nice to have some familiarity back in the game as the changing of the rules and just things get different. Right. And it, it, I think it, it makes, when you say the California League champions, we're going to have the, the, the Texas League All-Star game. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than high A, south, whatever. Right. Northwest corner of Texas region <laughs> league. <laughs> It's, it's cumbersome. So now we can start. That's a Texas Leaguer right there. Yeah. A little, little bloop. That's uh-huh. a Texas Leaguer. Okay. No, sir. That is a that is a high, it's a double A West dribbler. Nah, get that. Get out of here <laughs> with that, that stuff. Get that the hell out of here. I'm excited for tomorrow is the beginning of spring training. Yes. Mackenzie Gore gets his start. I'll be out there for Saturday's game. I can't wait to be in the backfields. I can't wait for the fifth inning when all the major league guys kind of shoo away. We get to see our minor league guys. Maybe bring my camera. Yeah. Full on, not stealth mode. I'm going to be out there with just bugging people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. No. And can't really get in trouble for it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, so there is some other legislation uh, that has been raised. There's a, a bill in California, and this is really interesting. So State Bill uh, 1248, the Minor League Baseball Players Bill of Rights would clear the way for better MILB player treatment in several ways. If passed and signed into law, the legislation would apply to any minor league player contract entered into on or after January 1st, 2023, and would define a minor league player as anyone employed to play baseball for a minor league team that is affiliated with a major league baseball team and who plays, resides, or is employed in the state, a provision that would uh, make those players subject to California labor laws, yes. including those applying to, to compensation. And one question I have about that, so... Are we talking about minor league teams that are located in California, or are you talking about minor league teams that are affiliated with teams from California, major league teams oh, right. that are in California? Right. It has to be the players, the, the the leagues, the the minor league teams. If you play minor league baseball in California, it doesn't matter if your team's from Detroit. It well, doesn't matter if your team's from Florida. But this other this other ruling that we were just talking about, it it stated that they're joint employees of. The it, it went all the way up to MLB, right? So, like the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, would they be affected by this? No, because they're not in California. But they might be because they're they're Padres organization players. So no, there's where it's going to be. That that's where MLB is just going to tear that apart. Right, who, I, I really think they'll look like so. They'll who, ask the same question you are right now, and it's going to cost millions of dollars. Who cuts the check? 
the Padres cut the check. Yeah, absolutely. But then where do they work? So now if you're um, the, I don't know, you're, you're the Colorado Rockies, but you've got your single A team here in San Diego or in, in California, then that that team would be affected, that minor league team. I would think as a contracted player, as a contracted employee, you that's the contract. You, you are paid for in the laws of the state that you work in. So if they're in North Carolina, it doesn't fly. It applies to California labor law. That's where I think they're really going to go with this. And that's where, you know, some after this kind of came out, some of the pushback was like, well, there go all the teams in our in our, um, in our DM right. on Twitter. It's like, uh, there go all the teams in California. They're going to go to North Carolina. Yeah, so you're going to eliminate the California League yeah. and then distribute those teams elsewhere. Or what Major League Baseball probably wants to do is cut another 30 teams. So, oh, hey, that makes our decision easy. Right. A-ball is gone. But I can't imagine actual major league organizations leaving the state of California because of labor laws like this. No, they won't. But they will fight that and they will threaten to leave, which will just, will just be insane. It, it, it's going to be a battle. I hope it's not as much as I, you know, I just have a really bad feeling about this. Uh, but I think it needs to be done. I think they need to tie in employment. Se- there's Employment isn't separate from baseball to the guy, a fry cook. And I keep putting up food because I'm a food guy. Sure. Like, it shouldn't be any different. Right. It shouldn't be any different. Um, maybe some minor tweaks with salary because it's not a clock in, clock out. Because if you come to clock, you know, one o'clock, you know, to do practice before your seven o'clock game, there has to be some way to compensate that. But let's say you're you're catering a wedding and that wedding happens to be in Hesperia. And so now you need to pack up the truck, drive six hours. Right. Go prepare, work this event, clean up pack up, drive home, your employee would be paid for all of that time. Now, that's a really good question because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> right, but I'm just... I, mean, I should. Well, and, and, whoops. But um, I mean, if you were a big timer, you know, like right. if, if you're getting paid crazy money, you would go do the job. I would probably be subject to California labor laws now. Right. The case. Yeah, and you couldn't just say, oh, well, you know, that's training right. time. Right. And they're not paid for training. No, not, you're right. paid for training I'm time. I'm paying you to cook food at this rest, you know, at this wedding in this area, not to drive there. Yeah, that doesn't fly. It does not fly. It, it doesn't because then there's a liability issue. That's why those companies need to be bonded. That's why you have insurance. Like it's a mm-hmm. insur- it's liability, right? And if I'm going to be li- if those players are going to be liable, you know, under under the umbrella of employment or whatever, like they have to be paid. Like they're that's that's kind of the thing. And I know we're getting kind of way out of our league here with yeah we're not lawyers we're not lawyers and we're just kind of spitballing this kind of thing but i believe it has to be under the california labor laws have to be underneath that and that starts with the liberal left in california are really going to mess with things over in texas mm-hmm. um because they're totally different legislative bodies and there's 50 states and there's minor league baseball in every single one of these states and that's going to run into a lot of problems. Right. Well, now, what if this kind of legislation happened in Arizona or Florida, where you've got all the spring training complexes? Yeah. Um, now, what this really comes down to is the antitrust agreement that Major League Baseball has uh, that that exempts them from these, these Paying laws. these guys what they should be paid. Yeah. So these kinds of, of lawsuits and legislation are are chipping away at, at what that antitrust agreement yeah. represents. 
Okay, so the provision enables players to negotiate an individual contract after four years. Uh, guarantee that players retain the rights to their name, image, and likeness without affecting their eligibility with MLB or the minor league team. So the four-year thing, right now, the uniform player contract for a minor league player is six years. The yep. team has exclusive rights for that player for six years, and typically it winds up reaching into a seventh year. Because that first year, they're, they're at the complex. They're right. not in an affiliated ball. Right. So that first year doesn't really count. So that is a huge change right there. And I know that Major League Baseball is going to pitch a fit over that one. Yeah, well, even having to retain their rights and their name, image, and likeness, that's huge. Right. That's much like what the, uh, what the college is doing with, uh, with players now is they can market themselves. They can make money on their own names. Right. They can be sponsored. Like, like Ben and Woods, they sponsor Steve Sugimoto. Sugimoto, yeah. And he Sugimoto. plays for San Diego State, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a California state law that was passed, and that just immediately became a national issue. Yeah. Because it applies here, what happens in the other 49 states, and I believe it was a federal decision that, that applied that across the whole country. Which I absolutely agree with. It's... Ridiculous. I saw on Twitter, I think the head coach for USC bought like a $14, 17000000 million home in, on the coast in L.A. Mm-hmm. A football coach? Yeah. A college football coach. Yeah. I mean, this thing was it was 11,000 square feet. And it's off the backs of a bunch of kids that are right. just trying to get a college education. Right. And, oh, their, their face is up on a on a billboard and their jersey with their name on it is in the team store. Yeah. And so I can spend $200 and buy my jersey, but I can't get a penny out of my name being right. used. Yeah. So that's, that's re- so, I'm glad to see all those changes. And maybe that was how that'll fly. Right. Somehow that'll, how that kind of ties in. So I think with minor leaguers, like they can, they can make an agreement with an equipment company, for example. So then they're hooked up with gloves and, and whatever. But I don't think that they're allowed to be used in any promotional media that Major League Baseball owns owns their likeness. Excuse me. I, I think that's right. And also with that, those companies, you know, they want the Major League guys. So they may, here's here's your funneling of free gear. Here's your here's your free swag. But we're going to put the Major League guy on the website. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but if you're Fernando Tatis Jr. and you're in San Antonio and you're the next hot thing, why shouldn't you be able to make a dime off of uh, no, ab- what you're abs- doing? A- absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not sure how much compensation is. is. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I just talked my way right out of the, right into a corner there. Well, I mean, things like baseball cards, you know, signing signing baseball cards for tops and then that gets distributed. Yeah, I, I don't know how that works now. Right. But I would think that if you're going to send me a case of cards, you need me to sign them. And now these cards are now worth all this money. Yep. Then I should get a piece of that pie. Absolutely. Not eBay. What I find it really interesting is the guarantee that players who exercise their NIL rights are not subject to retaliation. That's been the issue with them talking about pay. That's the issue with them talking about everything about the minor league guys is like, you, you don't. Don't say my name. I'll tell you what you want to know, mm-hmm. but don't use my name. Right. Because I'll get cut. Okay. And so we just talked about transactions in our last one. And right. Michael Curry, I do wonder if him sharing his W-2 report and being so vocal about about pay and all this other stuff, if that had a hand in his decision to retire. Well, they certainly said, hey, dude, watch what you're saying. Right. They say He said it in the letter. Yeah, you careful. can say what you want, yeah, but you don't be careful tick, what you, don't you say. You don't want to tick off the wrong people. Well, who's the wrong person? 
is your organization. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the mafia. Like, hey, do you, you want to get whacked? Uh-huh. And in the back, in the, in the past, that was the case. If you spoke up, you got you got released. Right. And then all the other teams will just, if you didn't get released, you got picked up. You're not moving anywhere. You're not going anywhere. If you hit 500 home runs, you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Because you talked about the untalkable. You talked about Fight Club. Mm-hmm. First rule of Fight Club. Yep. Don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. First rule of minor league baseball, don't talk about how shitty it is. <laughs> Pardon my language. That's a good thing we're not minor league baseball players. Thank God. We wouldn't be for long. No. <laughs> we wouldn't. Uh but I, you know, but I also love the um, so moving on. You know, the baseball is back, and the notes. The, so yeah, yeah. So the CBA, they they were finally able to settle everything. Um, there are some significant changes to rookies. You know, the the pay, the the base pay, the minimum pay went up. The amount that it increases, it's increasing at a faster rate than it did in the past. It still isn't increasing as fast as MLB revenues. Uh, it seems like one should scale to the other. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like barely catching up with inflation. Yeah, it's like your your basic cost of living increase when you're looking at your owner out buying a new yacht and, and all this. Uh, but at least it's a small change in the right direction. It is, and it was pretty significant raise, and that's and that's great, and it'll go up every year with the agreement. But the thing is, is they also what Major League well, well the players' union was trying to do was also stop teams from tanking and uh, um, time service manipulation. So there's some incentive for play uh, for teams to use their top prospects that are ready for the show, and they don't. You know, and they hold them down. There's some kind of incentive for that. What I found interesting is right after the CBA happened, and this all this this is what we're gonna do to stop tanking. Uh huh. Teams tanked. Yep. A's tanked. Yeah, and the Reds. And the Reds tanked. Just get rid of Nothing all my payroll. Changed. And yeah. and your Steve Cohen's and your Friedman's from L.A. They just kept spending. So nothing really ever changed, but the illusion that they are gonna do something about it was there. Well, yeah, because the players' union was trying to argue for these changes, and those changes one at a time came off the table. Right. That MLB said, "Nope, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do this." And so, you know, so yeah, there are some changes to the draft. There's going to be the draft lottery. Yeah. So now it isn't, you know, tanking for the number one guy. You're tanking for a chance to have one of the top five picks, and <laughs> it's, you know, so then they're gonna pull a ping pong ball. Yeah, how does that work? So if you have, if you're like the worst team, do you have more ping pong balls in with the ping pong balls? I don't or? think they're doing it like that. I think it's just a you have, your name goes in the hat and that's it. Yeah, you know, like the lottery. Yeah. They're, they're big old ball. All right, twenty five. <laughs> or it could be the envelopes, like right. uh, like the old NBA, and then there's that one that was uh, in the carbon dioxide. It's extra cold. Right. Oh hey, Patrick Ewing to the Knicks. <laughs> Let's see the first. Oh, can't believe this. It's the Dodgers. They get the first pick. What? That's how about crazy. that? Yeah. It, it's, I, I don't know how that lottery works. That's yeah, we'll really find out. I do hope that it's the bouncing balls and they have the little <laughs> vacuum thing like when they do the lotto on TV. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, okay. So, but I, the bonus pool. I like the bonus pool idea. Yeah. Um, the, the amount of the bonus pool dropped quite a bit, but now it's $50 million pool. And this is for pre-arbitration guys. And if they are in the voting for MVP or Cy Young, if they make an all-star team, if they hit certain, certain things, certain qualifiers, then they trigger this bonus. So that's nice. You're, you're, you're compensating players for exceptional, 
You know, so Tatis almost won an MVP. Right. And he's made $560,000. Right. My question is, uh, I think with that, I I think since it was so low, since it's only 50, and I think the the, the union was asking for like 200 million or I think like it's 120, 120, 130, something like that. A significant amount of money, but you divide that among 30 teams with, say, two or three players that are, you know, making major league minimum or not. Um, there's still it's only twenty percent. I think there's still only the twenty percent of the of these first and first one to three year players that are eligible for this. Okay, I I, I don't think that changed. I think there's going to be a v- availability of more money, but I I don't know if the the um the percentage because it's so low. Well, are you talking about the super two? Well, that's people, the whole point of, of, of they were trying to lower the trying to get rid of the super two, right? Which is the twenty if you're the top. 20% of the rookies you get in service time. Right. Uh, that's what it is. Players with two years of uh, two years of service time, the top 20% of those players are, are eligible for arbitration. Sooner. So what the players union, they wanted three quarters of those guys to be eligible for arbitration. Yeah. And that got cut down. Yeah, that went okay. all the way back down to the 20% that it is, uh, that it has been. Um, and then there was one other change that I was just thinking of and it just escaped my mind. Poof. Like a, oh, the options. So it used to be that players could be optioned to the minor leagues unlimited times. Yeah. And there were cases of guys being optioned 12, 15 times in a season. And so you're making the league minimum, but you're only making the league minimum while you're on a major league roster. The rest of the time you're making 40 man player which is still better than the minor league pay, right. but it's a lot less than the league minimum. So these guys that are up and down, up and down, up and down, their earning power gets limited because, yeah, they were on the major league roster all year, or on the 40-man, but they only spent a couple weeks in the majors. Right. They get called up, they pitch in a game, they get optioned the next day. Hell, a lot of times they just show up and they don't even, like, you get bullpen time, like, hang out and get some flower seeds. Yeah. And sometimes, they like, like we've seen, I saw it last year where... Chris Matt, I think he got brought up, was up for a minute, literally was, you know, was sent back down literally the next day. He, like, he didn't even leave the hotel. I don't think, I think that's just a transaction. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't fly to El Paso the next day and then no. flew back the next day. Yeah. A lot of these guys are traveling with the team. But that's jerking around. That That's that shuttle guy. And every year, every team has a couple of those guys that mm-hmm. shuttle the pitchers. Mostly it's the pitchers. That just shuttled them back and forth, and it kind of jerks them around. Like, get off the pot, or you know, Peter, get off the pot. Well, and now they can only do that five times. Good. So that that's a significant thing, and that's yeah. going to give opportunities to. So what that that doesn't mean that that guy Chris Mott is going to wind up spending that much more time on the major league roster. Unfortunately, that means the last time he gets optioned down, they're going to start bringing somebody else up. But there's only so many players on that forty man pool. They can have that opportunity. So if he were to get optioned a fifth time, then he goes through waivers. He yeah. goes through waivers, and that gives him an opportunity to get picked up by another team yeah. rather than getting dicked around by by that same organization. Right, which is a whole other thing with the waiver guy because I have I read about players talking about that. Like I was the waiver guy, so yeah. I just get sent on waivers, picked up by a team, and then and then sent on waivers. It just kept. And you you get kind of pigeonholed like it's an like, actor like yeah, that's, that's purgatory right you're like in major league baseball purgatory mm-hmm. which is kind of nice to be there but it, you don't want to be pigeonholed as a roster guy because then they just drop you and eventually they stop calling yeah it's like being John Malkovich and then you just get spit out on the New Jersey Turnpike ah that was actually a really good movie <laughs> it was 
Oh, so we ripped through all of that. We did. I think we just got to the end of our notes, huh? We did. But uh, kind of the funny thing is here with the with the CBA that kind of came out late was the the part of the agreement was a joint competition committee will be formed compromised of four active players, six members appointed by MLB, and one umpire. Beginning in 2023, the committee will be tasked with adopting changes to playing rules such as pitch clock, base size, defensive positioning, and automatic ball strike zone. That's interesting. Huh. That's really weird. Well, you know, I, I guess it makes There are all these discussions about rule changes. And this seems like a like a new thing. I don't remember this much discussion about changing The rules. game so much. Yeah. So quickly. But you do need to have those different voices in the room to decide, is this a good idea or not? Well... And they're doing it because they want to market the game to a younger audience. They have the shorter attention span that, you know, football and basketball, like everyone wants to play basketball. Every kid, there's playing basketball leagues all over. There's playing football leagues all over. Mm-hmm. Baseball is no longer America's pastime. It right. is now, you know, and you don't market your top players as much as you should. Your young players, you don't make the game attractive. I mean, sure, when you go to a game, it's a lot different now. Then when I went to games as a kid where I was like, okay, in between innings, you really do go get your concessions because there's nothing going on. But now between innings, you have, what, are there are more doors or balls, wheels in a game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just It's more of an entertainment thing. Right. And to reach the younger kids, they have to quicken the game and not make it so boring. Yeah, but it's it's not just that. Like you're talking about promoting the 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 personalities in the yeah. game. So it's yeah. it's commercials, it's YouTube, it's TikTok, it's all this other media that they need to unlock. Yeah, uh, that that other sports are doing really well with that marketing these personalities that they have. Yeah, and you you market guys like, I mean, before all the BS with with Bauer, I liked him being the villain. Before the before the allegations in you know of the beating up this woman, which is absolutely incredibly sickening, and the guy can go piss off. Mm-hmm. I like that he was kind of a jerk. Well, I like the villain. I well, like a villain. Well, and he was also doing some some interesting stuff with the video work right. that he was doing. Right, and it was giving you a little bit more insight into the people as as the the personality. Yeah, you know what their character, not their character. I don't want to use character with Trevor Bauer. Right, no, absolutely. But I understand, like, like you got you guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. They, they let kids play the younger players that are doing the backflips. They have a little bit of personality. They have a little bit of charisma. That aren't the old school of put your head down, play baseball, and be quiet. And that's how you play the game. Mm-hmm. It's fun. You make it attractive. You make it fun with yeah. the bat flips. You make it fun with the dancing in the, in, in the infield. That we've talked about in spring training, you make the game fun and attractive. Right, um, you're going to attract people that want to play it and watch the game. So one thing that stuck out to me last year were these commercials that they had, where they had animations, where like Tatis hits a home run, and then there was like this big animated Tatis that popped up in the outfield, and he had the the turntables and all that. That's fun. That's colorful. It's flashy. It grabs your attention. Baseball, it is a slow moving game, Um, so you need something to add a little bit of flavor to it. Right. Get that hook into people because, like, soccer to me is in, talk about a boring sport. Soccer is incredibly boring. I don't even think it's a sport. That's another. That's another episode. Yeah, but it's the most popular sport in the world. Right. You got billions of people watching World Cup. Why? Because they just kick the ball around and it's like a two nil game. And what is nil? But but you, you know what I mean? It's a blowout. It's two nil. You know. I watched my my brother in law, and I know we're getting off a tangent here, but we're talking about the entertainment value of sports. Um. 
my brother-in-law watches the game from Man U against Leeds like it's the seventh game of the World Series. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, and he's into it. He knows exactly what's going on. Oh, that's good positioning. I'm like, the guy just kicked the ball across. He's like, yeah, but you don't understand. If you knew the game, same thing with me with baseball. Like, people watch the baseball go, like, oh, it's another ball. Yeah, I know, but that was a setup pitch. He didn't. He meant to throw that a ball. You know, like, <laughs> if you know the game, every pitch is exciting. Uh-huh. Every pitch means something. So you have to bring that attraction. You get the hook into people and that passion for the game, which there'll be varying degrees of that. Like, this. Like any other sport, like there's people that like it and there's some people that don't like it in varying degrees of interest. You know what kind of opened my eye up to soccer a little bit? I Years ago, I traveled to Ecuador and watching soccer with the Spanish language commentators... It makes it the the pace of the of the delivery of their speech and everything and how they're describing everything. Yeah, it it definitely does make things seem a little bit more exciting. And so with baseball, like I always love when there's an interesting call, there's a there's a crazy play or something going right. on. We've got the English language stuff, but then I'll switch over and see what Eduardo Ortega did yeah, right, to right, make right. that call. Right. Or when it comes to the World Series, you're like, this is the Russian version. Yeah. Or other country or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand what he's saying in Korean, but yeah. it sure sounds exciting. Exactly. And, and that brings people to the game, and that makes it exciting. It makes it fun. That's um, a lot better than Joe Buck. Oh, that's a high fly drive, okay. and it's gone. Yeah. I like she gone. <laughs> you know, or Santa Maria from Mac Vasquezin. Yeah. Our, our, our boys, Don Arcillo and Mudcat Grant, like, it is a slow game. So when I hear people complain about Mudcat and Don just farting around. No, they're giving us entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah. And it's fun. And, and they're you- still engaged in the game. They're still calling the game. Yeah. Or when Jesse Agler is telling a story and he's weaving the call of the game, he's starting to have a knack for that. And I mean, Vince Scully was the best ever yeah. at being able to do yeah. that. But Jesse's starting to be able to do that really well, where he tells a story, calls the game like in between his sentences. Yeah. Okay. And there's an inside ball, ball two. And then he continues with this story. And that, that keeps me interested. Right. Yeah. And, and guys like Ted Leitner for us here, once again, in San Diego, where he's been around so long, he'll tell you great stories. You know, when him and the colonel were just so great together, but you had the younger kid and Jesse, and, and then you have Ted, um, you get you get those stories. You get the guys that have been around the game for a long time that have stories about, you know, the, the game back when they were younger, you know, when players that we grew up watching. Um, it gets very fun and very interesting. I love what the um, the boys at Ben and Woods do. They do the incorporator. So yeah. when the season starts, like you hear um, El Malaguena. And now, talking to Jesse with those guys, you Ted used to go, "What are you talking about, El Malaguena?" And he'll go, "Oh, that means a sentence of whatever, whatever." Like he now, Teddy is starting to pick up when he uses their incorporated word because uh-huh. it's a word that you don't normally hear in a, in a baseball broadcast. Right, but sometimes he can weave it in there really well, and it's like you don't really pick it up that he's right. <laughs> and that's fun. that's fun, and it's interesting, and. Uh, it's entertainment. It is. Well, speaking of entertainment, minor league schedule is starting up right around the corner. Yeah. So the the Lake Elsinore Storm, I believe their opening day is April 12th. Yep. Um, Season starts on the 7th. I think they start up in, uh, in Modesto. Okay. Yeah. Are the they, home they opener is the 12th. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to be there for that. I wish I could go out to spring training. We canceled our plans because, you know, the whole lockout and all that. Yeah. And we we would have been out there last weekend. And we weren't going to go. We were going to spend this spring break that I have off for work um, going back to see Liddy's 
dad who's mm-hmm. not doing well, whose mom, her mom just passed a few weeks back. Um, that's been really, really hard on her. She needed a break. And I said, honey, why don't we just go out and spend a couple of days? It wasn't on the radar. And, and Airbnbs are stupid expensive. And we can't really afford like a long trip. But let's go out there for a few days. Do the best we can with what we got and and get some baseball in us. Well, I'm glad you're getting out there. And we're we're really excited because literally, you know, it, it has been tough. And I just want a little personal note here with with the passing of Liddy's mom. It was her rock, and um, it it's tough on her. So these, I've been dealing with these raw emotions of this of this of the whole family. But you know, my wife is just. It's been tough. So having to go out there and watch a little, you know, then Tatis gets hurt. <laughs> And she's back to wanting to just jump off a bridge again. Not jump off a bridge, but you know, she was just well. Yes, the game's back. Baseball's back. Then Tatis got hurt. Now we're just we're trying to find our equilibrium. Right. And then every every player that you were hoping that the Padres would get is getting snatched up by somebody else. Yeah. And in the long run, we know that none of those guys we're gonna we weren't gonna buy we weren't gonna pick up Swerber. We can't afford fifteen million dollars this year until they clear up some payroll. Right. Right. Yeah. And then see Chris Bryant go get, what, $27 million a year from Colorado. I'm good for him for getting paid, but my gosh, he's going into a strange situation. Didn't they just pay $50 million to get rid of Nolan Arenado? I thought I saw it's going to be $233 million, Chris Bryant, overall, with the $51 million of dead money. Well, you know, he's getting paid, so good and, for him. Yeah. But man, what a... <laughs> How long is that going to last? He's going to want to get out real soon. Or maybe he's got his ring, and this is what I thought about this. He got his ring, and he wants those Hall of Fame numbers. If you could put him up in a, in a stress-free environment, in a, in, a, in a place like Coors Field, where he already has really good numbers in altitude. You think he cares about the Hall of Fame? You know, I think all players do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's getting paid, but you know, if I can get paid and make an even solid case, uh, even more of a, you know, he's a really good player. Yeah. I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame player. But he certainly would be considered, and if you go to Colorado and put in another good four or five years... Yeah, suddenly he's hitting 50 bombs. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Happened to Dante Bichette? Yeah, I think he's just uh, he's just taking care of his kids and his grandkids and his grandkids' grandkids. Right. Yeah. Right. School, yeah. Good schools in, in Denver. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, that's all we got, man. We really appreciate you guys staying with us. Um, you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I'm at Zippy underscore TMS. So then go Padres. Let's go Padres. <laughs> <laughs>